Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning to the great state of Texas. Of course, good morning to the United States of America. Good morning to the world. And good morning to every corner, every cruni, everywhere that our 100,000 watt transmitter is putting out the signal. And of course, worldwide, our internet, from which we get quite a bit of people coming in from all over the world. Good morning to our geniuses in the studio. How is El Senor Howard and Jack doing this morning? Well, we are upright so far. Um, there is a vast tendency to lean over to one side. I'm actually leaning on Jack's shoulders, trying to stay awake here. I but we're doing okay. Gonna say good morning to Harry. That was Chris Bodie and um, drive, Indian summer. drive time. Indian summer, yeah. yeah. Indian summer from uh, Chris Bodie for Harry this morning. Harry's gonna be very happy about that. He's he, t- he called me the other day. He says, I just love it when you say my name on the radio. So, you know, we can do that. Thank you, Harry. Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Harry. Uh, we're doing okay. Just another fine day. I was uh, curious and musing about the fact that the Republicans are now attacking Taylor Swift. Oh, I mean, how are these guys going to go? I mean, seriously, is there a bottom to the Republican Party? Uh, Jack was saying they've been scraping the bottom for quite some time now. <laughs> and I'm just wondering where that bottom is. I mean, holy yeah. cow. Taylor Swift, America's sweetheart. Everybody loves Taylor Swift. I mean, I love Taylor Swift. She's a cute little girl. Sings good. But for heaven's sakes, the Republican Party attacking Taylor Swift. It's almost comical if it wasn't so tragic. She's having I mean, come on, fun. She's party. having fun with it. She's having fun oh, with sure. it. Oh, sure. Why not? You know, these these are a bunch of idiots. I mean, they're they're desperate. The Republican Party is desperate. Or they wouldn't be following this despot. So anyway, that's my <laughs> thought for the day. I think Jack has a page of wisdom for us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about the media, pretty much. Oh, um, no. <laughs> media speaketh with corporate tongue. That's why KPFT is so important. Mm-hmm. We do not accept corporate money. We do not accept a corporate buy-in to our free speech radio. We are free to debunk the outright lies and mis leading narratives the right-wing media machine spews out daily. Rats. Riches. How many media sources does the right control? Deregulation of the broadcast media has allowed the corporate to own at least 90% of all broadcast. Just because they are the loudest, most most watched, and most heard voice doesn't mean they're telling the truth. Amen, Brother Jack. Get on the band. Get on the band, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's give Egberto back his show. Oh well, thank you so kindly. Thank you so kindly. We are going to have a great show that I was just of which I was just returned to by the one and only Howard. Look, folks, uh today's uh today's topic is Mustafa Carroll on the Israel Hamas war. I had to do it because, you know, Mustafa was a mainstay here in Houston. Uh, he was the uh, executive director of CARE. And, uh, you know, I went to a memorial this weekend for the, our great um, uh, David Atwood and his wife, Priscilla. 
you know, he, uh, they both departed us um, this year and uh, just had to uh, to go out there. And I saw him there and I, you know, and <laughs> he saw me and I know when he looked at me, he's like, oh, I guess there it goes. I got to give an interview. So I'm like, hey, I need to talk to you. Uh, I want to get your point of view on what's going on uh, with Israel uh, Hamas war, to which he said, after the program, I'm much obliged to do it. But since it's a, it's about a 19 minute interview, but I see that I have a call. So I'm going to wait to take the call first and then I'll go right into the interview. So let's uh, wait for that, uh, for Jack to tell me who I'm going to be speaking to. And then we'll. Ladies and gentlemen, pardon this interruption. It is the mayor of politics done right on line one. And he called first thing, first thing. Brother Johnny, come on in, Mayor. Brother Egberto, Magic Jack, and Captain, Ren- and Captain Reynolds rap, and uh, Harry <laughs> Carey. <laughs> I love it. Listen, Talk to me. Yeah. Uh, Magic Jack talked about media, and Captain Reynolds, Mac, or Captain Reynolds rap uh, asked, how low can the Republicans go? How low? Well, guess what? There's a new low, and they've got NPR helping them. This morning, when I woke up, I heard a news story about electoral politics and the primaries in Nevada and such. And and without <laughs> without any hesitation, and if I was watching them on, on a TV screen, I would swear that they were saying it with a straight face. They brought up the fact that there's a no-labels alternative for people who can't stand, oh, the same two old white people again. But, but they gave no context, of course. They didn't tell their listeners that no labels is just another front of the Republican Party, of the conservatives, of the oligarchic class. No, they just said it as if it's an alternative, something that's legitimate for people to, to look into. They didn't say about Joe Manchin. They didn't talk about the guy who helped co-found this outfit. None of that. No context. So here's a phone number for the local NPR. Uh, 713- 743-8483-743-8483-713 area code 743-8483 and you leave your voicemail message on there and let them know that you are not happy with the journalistic malpractice of uh, not informing their listeners they are doing the work of the oligarchs of the republicans that's all i have to say well johnny don't leave yet let me just tell you this all right uh i have given up entirely. And when I say given up, I mean, as far as given anything context from the mainstream media, look, I use the mainstream media because the mainstream media has the funding to tell the stories. And what a lot of times you'll see me do is take the, the, the clip from the, from the mainstream media and add the progressive context to it. Sometimes uh, it's in, in line with what was said. Um, uh, many times it's in addition to, and quite a few times it is, are you crazy? Uh, but here's the thing. That is why, and you know, we are starting our fund drive this week, I believe sometime I got to check exactly which date it is, but that is why, and I'm using the opportunity you gave us here, uh, talking about what NPR does or did, which in effect is what all media does. I mean, the people who even run the NPRs, right? 
or people who enjoy rubbing shoulders with the quote-unquote fat cats. Uh, they're the donors. You take a look at the list of people that give to NPR, etc. And in effect, they are becoming sort of a mainstream. Look, when the Powell Memo came out, one of the things was that you had to infiltrate the fourth estate. You had to infiltrate the media because that's how you programmed people. You know, uh, I got yesterday, Johnny, I don't, I don't know if you listened yesterday. I think you did. I think you called it. And um, when I started speaking about billionaires not, um, not earning what they got, and I, I really meant it, right? But we are so programmed, not only from our schools, but even the media, that folks like Elon Musk uh, are, so, are billionaires because they add so much to society. They had so much intellect, right? And I wrote a blog for the piece that I played. Actually, it was generated from a caller. You know, we have the best callers and smartest callers. Whether they left or right, they, they give us something to think about, right? So I use a, a piece that was uh, provided by, I think it was um, a, a guy named Sesad. I think it was Sesad who gave that. And I went and I posted it on Daily Coast, the clip, as well as the, the information that I posted on Daily Coast. Actually, it wasn't Sesad, it was Brad. That's who it was for this clip that I posted. And uh, he just could understand that. I had a beef with every billionaire, right? Because like I said, nobody has earned a billion dollars. And I stand by that. And I'd like anyone to call and let's have a civil discussion about that, right? And I got the best response at Daily Coast. And one of the guys said, how can we really think somebody has earned it? They are running three companies spend their time on Twitter tweeting and just creating havoc. There's only 24 hours in a day. And if you're doing all these things, it means the things that your company is doing or your companies are doing to move forward maybe doesn't have a lot to do with you. And I, I, I'm not, I didn't say it as eloquently as was said at, with the person at Daily Coast. I didn't say it as eloquently. But that is the idea. Um, we have to, from the time we were born in this country, uh, we had the false belief that those who somehow was able to get capital and expand on it somehow are deserving of all the capital of that expansion. I, I, I want to use, because on my show yesterday in the afternoon at three o'clock, I actually used uh, Taylor Swift. And look, I love Taylor Swift, love her music, love what she does, etc. Not only that, she's kind, she gives away a whole lot of money and all of that. She's a great person who lives within our society through the rules of our society. She's doing everything right. That's who Taylor Swift is, a nice person doing all of that. And I could go after a few billionaires at that you know, they're doing things right. They're giving, giving away a lot of what they've made, etc. And that's, that's great. That's honorable. But the question is, and I've tried to postulate this, and I, sometimes I don't get across the right way in saying it. And that is, but 
but she is the face and I'm using her because we all like her. She is, or most of us like her. She is the face of what I call a defect within the economic system. And here it goes. She is as talented as anybody else. She's very talented. And not only that, talent does, only come, does not only come from having a beautiful voice. Talent comes also from being able to engage people and, and, and get people to come and see what you have to offer, etc. So she's talented. But, and by the way, she gets paid from all the people that come see her. She get paid from the residuals of the copyrights for all that she's done. And by the way, a lot of people have ripped her off, including for her old albums, etc. But she gets all that, she gets all that royalty, etc. Great. She's playing by the rules. And she constantly gets paid and paid and paid, even as she, you know, her royal or her songs are playing. Even if we play a song here at KPR, I mean, at KPFT, that is of Taylor Swift, she gets a few pennies every time we play the song. That's great. Um, you know who doesn't get a penny when we play Taylor Swift song? Howard, Jack, me, Johnny. Right? Taylor has done nothing wrong. Okay? Taylor has done nothing wrong. I am trying to show the defect in the economic system. You know who else doesn't get a penny every time Taylor Swift makes a few pennies on a song being played? The different, uh, the, the different engineers that got paid once in that development of her product. You know who doesn't get uh, any additional money? As she continues to accumulate, those beautiful shows that she presents that uses pyrotechnics and, and, and smoke and, 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 and her flying in the air down cables and all these things, all those people that participated in creating that persona, the totality that is that woman, uh, Taylor Swift, a nice person. They get nothing. They get paid once. You're saying um, it takes a village, but you're saying ahead, it takes go, a village, but our economic Yeah, Johnny, come on in. Come, tell me what you want to say, because I, I, I went down the long monologue. So go ahead. You're saying that it takes a village, but our economic system doesn't reflect that philosophy, Ex or that reality, I should say. Brother, you said it better than I said it in one sentence. Uh, exactly. Well, and that is what we have. Uh, you know, we don't learn that in, in school. You, we, you know what term we learn a lot, Johnny? Rugged individualism. And the reason we learn that term, rugged individualism, and we want to be, we think we are individuals, is because we know how to forget about all the, the pegs in the ladder that we had to climb. We, we forget, and, and so what I told, Brad that day that he called in and he used the the uh Brett Favre not Brett Favre but the uh Tony Tim Brady as somebody who wherever whichever team he goes to wins I say yes he's way above average than everybody else but not because he's way above average mean he has earned all the spoils because Tim Brady 
couldn't throw a ball if his defensive line wasn't there to protect him, to give him time to have his excellence be realized. And so we have to understand more within us the collective nature of our existence. I could not have been an engineer had Brad, who called to complain, had he not paid his taxes to create the schools that I was able to leave Panama and come to the University of Texas and get. So I have a note to this guy that called and screamed down my throat. I thanked him. Because we have to, look, we learned this false thing called rugged individualism. And the media, as Jack was pointing out, is there to kind of say, hey, you know, you are an individual. You know, the government going to take all that taxes from you, man. You know, rugged individualism. Rugged individualism. No, we, all of us, all of us built our success. Look, I am not trying to take away uh, that person who wants to work 24-7. Hey, look, for what I do, I work 24-7. You take a look at the things that I do with, with right, the videos, cutting this and cutting, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. A lot, you know, bro, brother Howard in that room, he goes out and he does his work at KPFD, go out there and do videos and, and, and do other things. Jack comes in every single morning out of the kindness of his heart to get this, this stuff on air. Is that any less? than somebody doing similar work, but actually with their rugged individualism, making millions? Look, all I'm asking folks to do is look at things objectively and not what we were told and not what they inferred that we should think because it's so important. Johnny's back, I see. So let's see what else Johnny wants to add before I get to the video. Okay, apologize for that failed connection. On my magic back line went out, so I'll call you on the other phone, on the so-called smartphone. <laughs> Let's see how smart this thing is. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, not to be totally negative on NPR, because ironically, they do a lot of great reporting on on lots of other stuff. Yes, it's just that they have a moral obligation. They have a moral obligation, especially right now to report full context on each and every story all the time. And when you purposefully do the work of the oligarchic uh, uh, powers that be, you're not serving your leader, uh, your, li li your listeners anymore. You're committing journalistic malpractice. So uh, I always tell them, you guys should live up the standards of your black programming, like ICU, uh, hosted by uh, Eddie, Oh no, my name my mind is blanking. <laughs> excellent host, by the way. You know what I'm talking about. Excellent stories, excellent interviews. That's the kind of journalism that they need to aspire to instead of being lazy, white centric. That's what they need to do. From so, your from your tongue to America's ears. That's right. Thank you. I don't want to talk water. And <laughs> by the way, including um, and including Brian. I would like Brian to apply his intellect to uh, calling into account NPR. That would be a great, he would be a great ally to have for that. 
because we need people on the right who have a brain to challenge uh, the so-called left-wing media like NPR and MSNBC. That's what we really need is challenge. Thank you, Johnny. There's no left-wing media. Let me just say that there's no the, the only left-wing media you have is what we what we try to do here. <laughs> so no, there's I, no there's I no said, left-wing media. <laughs> I said Thank, so-called left-wing media. Right. Okay. Thank you, Johnny. Let me get to Harry before uh, before I get to the video. But I I do want to get Mustafa on air in a little bit. Come on in, Harry. Oh, good morning, Al Professor Roberto Willis. Thank you for your enlightening comments as usual. And thank you, Mayor of Politics Done Right, for your uh, enlightening comments as well. You, you guys really make this go, showing this show go. And good morning to Howard and Jack. And um, I was going to mention something about Chris Bote. Yeah, Chris Bote, uh, I read something up on him. He, um, um, he uh, was inspired by the great Miles Davis. Uh, uh, Miles Davis is the one that inspired him to play the trumpet that he plays so well. But anyway, what I wanted to uh, was wondering, I know you're going to do this uh, piece on uh, the video with Israel. Uh, and what, what's, what's the guy's name? Mustafa Carroll. Mustafa Carroll. Um, and what's the, um, when Johnny gave that phone number about the media, what's, cause I, I put that phone number in my phone, but I want to put the title, uh, uh, who was he referring to, to call? Uh, that is NPR, the, uh, national public radio. For, oh, okay, uh, that's, that's the number here in Houston. Yes. Yeah. I listened cause I listened to that. And as I was telling you yesterday about that economist that I yes. listened to last, when, you know, when I, when you talked about that with, um, the corporations and um and the economy and Trump trying to take credit for uh Joe Biden's economy and thinking that the only reason Joe Biden's economy is doing well is because of what we he did, which we know it's false. But right. well, no, that show or or you, I remember you saying yesterday you were gonna try to do maybe you're probably not gonna have time to do it on today's show, but. Um, what, what, what Brian talked about with the homes. Now he, he didn't call in early, like you asked him to do. Right. And, um, you wanted to do a show on that and you wanted people's comments. And I was just wondering when you plan on doing that. Okay. You know what I'll do? I'll, uh, the, the, the piece is 19 minutes long. Uh, let me take Lynette is uh, following you. Let me take Lynette call. And then if, uh, if, if depending on how long the calls last, under the worst case, I'll just postpone the video, depending on uh, what people ask. So we'll see. You know, this show belongs okay. to y'all, so we'll see what happens. But right. I'll try to get that right. in, okay? Okay. And I wanted to, um, one more thing. When you're able to do it, work it out, because I am still worried about Trump becoming the nominee. and Because, you know, as you heard, I'm sure last week, they're delaying that Trump trial until the Supreme Court makes a decision with the ballots. Yeah. And then the judge is, you know, well, uh, yeah, the ballot, and, and then the judge is going to reschedule the case, and so I'm worried about that. And I, let me I let me say, Jack, don't don't be worried. Look, let's make the assumption that there will be no trial before the election. We have right. to go out there. And, you have to go out there and beat Trump based on on values. Uh, so. Yeah, I want you to play the Mitt Romney uh, video from 2016. I will. I, I will. I will. Harry, I, 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 I promise you, I will. But I need to get to Lynette, my brother. Thank you, okay. my man. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Lynette. Come on in, Lynette. 
Uh, just wanted to say, let me tell the brother, don't be worried as long as we all do what we can to make things uh, equitable. A couple of points I wanted to make is that the uh, uh, a lot of people, like if the government is promoting all these small businesses, like uh, a lot of people think they can be like Bill Gates and his friends, right? Create all of this space for that small business. But then if there's no access, no opportunity, Opportunity. There's not a need for the product and people have money to pay the product. They're not going to be as successful as Bill Gates unless somebody can give them the opportunity to be as successful. The other point I wanted to say is that the um, uh, the guy that called the other day and I know you was going to do you were going to do the follow up show and he was talking about what he heard about Acres Homes and all these other communities. Mm-hmm. When people release uh, black folk from slavery, they didn't give them a place to go. It's like, you're free. You can go wherever. Okay. So, and this is just my concept. So you release people from slavery. You didn't give them any access, any opportunity, any land. You burned down all of their, whatever, the things that they did have, but you just let, you just let them go. It's like letting sheep out of the, out of the, of the gate. And so I think people don't understand like the beginnings of this. And so then you have people that think that like people are lazy, they're this, they're not that. But if they don't have a back to, again, access opportunity, if you don't have access opportunity, um, then things just, if things are not equitable, let me just say, so I appreciate that you, Jack and, and uh, Howard, Howard, do what you do. People need to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry, Howard. Yeah, so thank you, Howard. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Alberto. Um, I'm always rushing because, yeah, that's what women mothers have to do is, like, help the kids out the door in the morning. But well, thank, look, anyway, you are. Okay, thank you. And the, oh, and then one one more thing. Can you, can you like, give us a name of the jazz that you all played on Monday? Because we loved it. And, then, and they didn't give a name of it, or we either missed it. Well, I, I, I saw Jackie heard the request. Jackie heard the request. Lynette, thank you so kindly <laughs> yes, for calling in. And uh, we, we, we love having right. your voice here. Okay. You all have, have a great, great day. You too, ma'am. And, anyway, folks, uh, thank you, Lynette. Love to hear that, that, that positive affirmation. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go ahead and get the video started and then we'll move on from there. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Click on that. Click on that. Click on that. And there we go. Mustafa Carroll, former head of care, but I know he got reabsorbed into it again. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you, Mustafa. Okay. Uh, a little bit about me. Born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Come from a family of poor boys. My father was a steel worker. My mother was a nurse. Left Gary after high school, attended Indiana University, where I did my undergraduate work in college in psychology, met my wife there, got in Indiana uh, over 40 years ago. We had two kids in Indiana. Then we moved to Texas uh, where I was working in healthcare. I was at Gulf Coast Regional Blood Center. Mm-hmm. I was a, a director of Aparesis on Mobile. Got recruited to work in Dallas. Worked in Dallas for like 17 years and then got recruited to come back to Houston. And that's when you probably saw me. That's when I met you. I, yep. I Ironically, we always talk about six degrees of separation. It turns out that the woman that you're married to is from the same country of my origin, Panama. It's it's amazing. (laughs) There you go. But I love it too. I I know, I know, and you love all the good food. Lucky you. And best food. Yes, but here, look, you are you are the former head of care in Houston. What is care? Well, care is the um, the largest Muslim civil rights organization in the country. Uh, 
Uh, we protect civil rights for Muslims. Uh, we're advocates. Uh, we not only engage with Muslims, but we actually, uh, this event here uh, reminds me that we did a lot of immigration work, a lot of social justice, a lot of criminal justice reform. Uh, we've been involved in almost every aspect of social justice you can think about. But we're primarily, uh, our goal is to, to, to serve as a civil rights advocate for Muslims. And we help them. And we want people to understand the Muslim community. So we have to bridge understanding between communities and with communities. Now, um, you're, you're, you moved to Dallas uh, a few years ago. Right. And and uh, you claimed that you were going to be a retired person. Yep. Turns out it's not quite that way. What has happened? I moved to Dallas and people said, well, are you going to work with Ken? And I said, no, I'm retired. The very next day, they asked me to be a consultant, which was lightweight. It wasn't too big. Uh, and so I did that for maybe a year. And this recently, in November, November 1st, I got commandeered to help them. The former executive director there left, and they asked me to, uh, to help them reboot CARE DFW. So I'm back with CARE. It's like being in the mafia. Well, I tell you, you know, they, they keep dragging, dragging me in. Yeah, <laughs> Al Pacino, right? Yeah. Yeah, yep. but but anyway, um, the, the reason I wanted to talk to you is what's occurring right now in the Middle East, specifically Israel and Gaza. And before we get into it, I want to make a subject to the people that are listening. Being anti what's going on has nothing to do with anti-Semitism and you should not allow anybody to shut you up when you're attempting to just talk humanity. Yes. Let's remember that. Anyway, I want to hear your uh, what your thoughts are on what's occurring in Israel right now. Absolutely. Well, most of the people here, the way it's been framed forever, and it didn't just start October 7th, but the frame is that uh, Israel has the right to defend itself. That's not arguable. Anybody can say that. But unless you understand the history of what's happened in Palestine for the last 75 years uh, it's been to, to oust the Palestinians from their homes uh, you have a lot of human rights of, uh, abuses that have been going on way before October 7th and then October 7th and Hamas attacked Israel and Israel's response has been well over the top I mean it's not even a, an appropriate response uh, and, and people don't know that it is an occupier, one of the worst uh, occupations that we've seen in modern history. That there are over 300 and something checkpoints that you have children being uh, put in prisons. And now we're seeing what appears to be the, uh, a genocide in our own time. Actually, by definition, I mean, I, I, it's not arguable. I mean, some people would like to make it an arguable position. It's I'm not an arguable nice. position. Yeah, it is uh, by arguable. definition, that is what we're having. By definition, Gaza and the West Bank are apartheid territories. Absolutely. You know, you don't, I, I, and people tr tell me, ask me, they say, well, you know, because there's similarities between the civil rights period, right. uh, the Jim Crow South and that, but when I examine it, it's even worse.
worse than what happened in Jim. I mean, if you want to say that, because in Jim Crow South, we could drive where we wanted to drive. Right. We didn't have uh, places that I couldn't drive, not not by law. Uh, we didn't have a thousand mile, twenty six foot high wall that was like just the open is the largest open air prison. We didn't have uh, our children be well. Yeah, people were getting shot and killed, but now we see it wholesale. We didn't see them putting the level. It's the level of things that we're seeing now in Gaza is just well. Our laws had the semblance of equality. The laws did if it weren't for the people, but the laws had a semblance. It wasn't real. No, no not great, but it had it a, a semblance. A semblance of it. No, it's now, not there's not even a semblance. Right. No equality. They, they can't vote. They're second class or third class citizens at best. Uh, and I don't know why people are confused when they understand what's going on. Well, I mean, I, I and that's where CARE and a lot of other organizations should come in, in my humble opinion, in that most people are good people. Most Americans are good people. The problem is most people are also ignorant. Absolutely. They don't understand the genesis of places. They don't understand the genesis of conflicts. Absolutely. What should we do? Because like I said, one of the things that I, I, I tell people now more and it's it's necessary is do not allow any anybody, any identity to co-op co-op a word. Yes. What happened in uh, in Germany was a genocide. It was a holocaust. It was horrendous. Absolutely. And there's no doubt that, uh, but what the current Israeli government and previous Israeli governments are doing in Gaza and the West Bank and in Israel proper. It's, it's outrageous. And what is worse about it, one of the things that really hits home for me and has for, for a long time is like we're, we're giving $3.8 billion a year to, to a country that doesn't need that support. We're giving them all the state-of-the-art weapons. So most of the, the common folks, when they hear that uh, of the way that it's been framed, they think that this is a war of equals. So right. It's not even a war. It's a rout. Right. It's not a war. You got one guy, group got homemade rockets and made up pipes. Pipes and stuff like that. And the other group has everything that we have. 2,000 pound bombs. 2,000 pound bombs. More bombs being dropped in Gaza now than what was dropped any other place for over a period of years. We're dropping on a place the size of New Jersey. We have to start trying to uh, have folks recognize what humanity is all about again. Because I, I think what happened is when you dehumanize a group, uh, when you uh, oppress that group or apply violence to that group, uh, nobody sees it for what it really is. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things that we have and to do. And one of the things about oppressed peoples is that other folks, I don't know why, but they, they tend to wonder, can't believe the response. I mean, I remember during the civil rights moment, there was just a period of time. There was a time. They should have known that there was going to be a time that their people were going to resort to violence. I don't know why that's surprising. Well, well, that's the reason Martin Luther King was successful to some extent, right? Yeah. The fear 
that eventually the sleeping dog's going to wake up. Yeah. And the sleeping dogs woke up. Because let's look at our founding fathers, right? Yeah. Aren't the, the, the founding fathers were sleeping dogs that woke up and affected. Well, in, in today's world, wouldn't the founding fathers be called terrorists? Yeah. They would be called terrorists and they were called some all kinds of things back then. But they would be, definitely be called terrorists. They would be called uh, insurrectionists because they went against the England. current government, right? And you remember they had famous sayings like give me liberty or give me or death. Give me death yeah. And the Boston Tea Party right. uh, was to, to protest no taxation without representation. All those things now, historically, people look at and say, oh my God, that was that was so heroic. But it wasn't heroic to the British. Right. It was an insurrection to right. the British. It was going against the government. You know, those things that we we, uh, we look at now in a different way. So let me ask you, um, what should we, Mustafa, be doing, first of all, to educate the people in America to the truth, not the narrative, to the truth, and why this is also a danger for us? You know, we look at it as, well, we are bigger, we are more powerful, but this is actually a danger to every single American citizen, what we are allowing to occur in uh, Gaza and the West Bank. I was on a program back in the end of November called Beyond Gaza, meaning what are we going to do next? What's going to happen after this? And for our country, look, we, we are no longer, we have no no longer, and I told them, they asked me, what about our moral compass? I said, we don't have don't a moral have one. We don't have a moral compass. We're losing our standing in the world. People are seeing this. And they're, and this is emboldening other groups to do what we've done. We're leaders in the world. So when when they see that the, the, a large, the, the most, one of the most, if the most powerful country in the world has no moral compass, then what does that say to the rest of the world? That means that whatever they do, the thing that we work, we, we were uh, upset about the Russians invading Ukraine at the very same time that we said that this thing with Gaza has been going on for centuries, I mean for decades been going on for decades with our blessing that we are complicit in the murder of over almost close to 30,000 folks wantonly we are complicit, we can no longer say that we are the democratic the moral leader of the world we're not. We haven't been for a good while. And so what we have to do as a community, and this is a long distance race, this is not a sprint. What we have to do is consistently educate people as to what is really happening despite the fact that you're going to be called anti-Semitic, that you're going to be called enemies of the state of Israel and all this other garbage that we hear. We're not enemies. I speak the truth. Now, uh, let, me, let me just tell you that all this this info that we talk about when we talk these issues I make sure that this is this is sanctioned by my Jewish friends I have a lot of Jewish friends that I pass a lot of my wordiology by to ensure that we are in fact saying things correctly and the vast majority of my Jewish friends have, have told me Egberto what you're doing 
going by trying to spread the truth to the American population. There's nothing anti-Semitic about it. We cannot allow others to make one believe that speaking up against a right-wing evil Israeli government is somehow anti-Semitic. It is not. Absolutely. And, and, and the narrative now is that they've conflated it. Right. They've conflated anti-Semitism to be anybody who speaks against the state of Israel. Right. And 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 if and you know, Jewish Voice of Peace was outlawed, uh, and several other Jewish organizations internally, their own people. Right. And, then, and let me say this: there are lots and lots of Jewish folks who disagree with what's going on. It's actually a, a plurality. Lot, a large majority. A yeah. Large, I don't know if it's a majority, but it's a large group right. of Jewish folks who disagree with what's going on on humanitarian basis. It, it is amazing. Uh, there, there are many coming out and said, oh my God, we were indoctrinated. Yes. That's what they've said. They've I said saw. that their leaders have indoctrinated them Absolutely. and no more. They're, they're the, the biggest, the biggest uh, risk to the Jewish people is the current Jewish Israeli government. Absolutely. And it's been going on. The, the sad thing is uh, if there's a silver lining behind it, it's that now the whole world is seeing it. The, the downside to the silver lining is, look at the price that's being paid. 28000 and counting. And counting. Now, look at what's happening at home. We have around 3,600 cases, civil rights cases in the last three months. We have that many cases because this stuff is getting back home. So people on their jobs are being discriminated against if they say ceasefire, if they say free Palestine and God forbid that they should say from the river to the sea. I didn't know that that had any meaning except free the people in Palestine. But it's but it's deeper than that because it yes. turns out that the Likud party that's in their platform from the river, river to, the, to sea. the sea. In other words, they are if they believe that phrase really means extermination. Yes, that means that that's what they stand that's for. That's what they think it means for them. When you say Palestine will be free from the river to the sea in, in their opinion that means you try, you want to see the state of Israel well I think if people should be educated to understand that from the river to the sea actually for most Palestinians actually mean we don't want to be removed from our lands no matter where it is and we don't want others meaning the Israelis who are who've been in that land or I should say the the Hebrews who've been in that land that's that's fine as well. But now the, the injustice of all of this they can't return the Palestinians right. can't return and this is not just Muslims this is the, some of the earlier uh, opponents right. of the state of Israel were Palestinian Christians right. and, and, and those folks cannot return, they're having their homes demolished, they're, those that aren't demolished, they're confiscating lands, giving it to settlers, people who've never 
we've been there before, people coming from New York, Jersey, and other places in the world, that they're just, and, and you've got to look at this and understand that there's, there's no intention, in my humble opinion, that the state of Israel wants to see any peace at all. My, my, what I see happening is, this is the biggest land grab of, of my, in modern history. You know, and, and as I was telling people before, there's absolutely nothing that they're doing in the state of Israel that we didn't do here first. Exactly. If you look at our, our pedigree, what happened in this country, we killed all the we tried to annihilate all the indigenous people, we took the land, we, we murdered them, we marched them from Alabama to, to Oklahoma. I the mean, all trail of tears. I, again, when you talk about moral compass, you said we're losing our moral compass. The question is, when did we have a moral compass? We can say we have a moral compass. The moral compass is are the individual people in America who have always tried to do good. That's so it. our the, the plutocracy in this country has never had a moral compass, and the government was always an ear to the or rather a a a, a frame of the plutocracy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, we got to close out here. So give me a quick closer. I am. I am. Begging folks to learn as much as you can on both sides of this issue, especially on the Palestinian side, because it hasn't been talked about in the in the public square. We've only heard one side of it, and in the other side, that side has done a, a magnificent job of shutting down any information on on the Palestinian side. And those folks have suffered for over seventy five years to fifty. Year block, uh, 15 year, I think, blockade of Gaza. No medical school. I just saw, saw a, a, a documentary showing the challenges that they have to go through medically. Before October 7th, they were, they had no power, no water, no. All these things are happening. And now it's what I call white supremacy on steroids. It's white supremacy on steroids. Everything that's happening there is happening. Happened here, but now it's happening here on steroids. And now, and now we have to pray for everyone. Mustafa Carroll, thank you so kindly for your frank conversation. That was Mustafa. You know, everywhere I go, if I get it, if I see somebody that has something to say, I want to do that interview. Well, before we go to Brian, let's throw it to Brother Howard. Howard, talk to me. Well, you're coming in just a little bit low. You might want to adjust your microphone. Okay. Um, he nailed it right on the right on the head. Uh, the anytime you criticize Israel, it's anti-Semitism. Oh my God, anti-Semitism! And have you seen those TV commercials they're running now about anti-Semitism? Yes. yes. Who does it's, that? Look, I mean, it's it's mind control, Howard. It is about telling you what to think, and that is what exactly. we have to teach Americans to not allow themselves to to fall for. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm beside myself on that one. I look at it and go, anti-Semitism, seriously? Anytime you criticize someone who's who's committing genocide, suddenly it's anti-Semitism? No. Yeah. It, it, no, it and sad. a lot of Jewish people here in, in the United States are totally disagreeing with all this. They're going, no, this is not what we're about. And it's true, they're not. You know what's so, so funny, Howard? 
remember you remember Jack started out Jack hijacked our show again and brought us it got me into a soliloquy about the media but um if you take a look at uh, the amount of uh Jewish organizations that are stepping up to really uh, to really fight against Netanyahu there are a lot of them a lot of people oh, yeah. most of the younger Lots folks but guess where you don't see that on TV you never see these these activities on TV. So our older, great Jewish folks around Houston, they don't have the narrative that these other people have. So they still live within a, a lot of that indoctrination that's been given over the decades, right? The younger people that are coming up now are saying, wow, we didn't know this. And they're fighting back. I'm talking about our young exactly. Jewish brothers and sisters, you know. But anyway. And um, they Exactly. Exactly. He was talking about it being the biggest land grab in, in history. And it is. Yeah. I mean, they're running these people off. Sure. You know, the, what happened in October was really bad. But is your response to it to completely wipe out the whole place? No. No, that's not what you do. And plus, when we're standing there giving them bombs and stuff and all the money we give them, that's just we insane. Are, it makes us complicit. It makes us complicit. It's, it's just insane to me. How can you do this? It yeah. doesn't make sense. Okay. Not at all. Well, I've rejected enough of your show, and you only got about, uh, say, five minutes left. Okay. Well, Brian is back. He was supposed to call her first thing in the, uh, of the show, but I bet he was sleeping. But let's get Brother Brian onto the line. Yes. Good morning. Uh, first hot. off, Palmer. Yeah. First off, Palmer. Uh, I never called anyone a libtard. Never have, never will. If you have to uh, go to lies and uh, personal uh, attacks, you already lost your debate. Okay. Second caller, no, there are are no Asian uh, companies starting in Acres Homes. Uh, I've worked in the 4300 block of Pinemont since 1999, and there's there's no new businesses going in, in in Acres Homes. Now, I'm talking to a strange black man, never met him before. And he's telling me about uh, how illegal aliens are coming in, building up the land, flooding his neighbors, and building properties. And I ask all your your, your listeners to go through Acres Homes and look at $800,000 acres. That's what what they're buying. They're parking uh, dump trucks. They're building three hundred and five hundred thousand dollar houses. Where do they get the money? I'm talking about talking to a black man about uh, Guitar Watkins. I never met this man before. He's talking to me, but yet in your eyes, that makes me a racist. No, no, that's not that's what not makes me a no, 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 no. No, I don't look. I, please, that's re- not what makes me a racist. Pull the tape and see what I said. But go ahead, continue, and then I'll respond. Okay, I, I go through Acres Homes. I go through T.C. Jester. That's that's the only way I can get to uh, Shepherd or Forty Five. All right, where do these people get the money to buy eight dollar a square foot properties? Where, where where's this money coming from? All right, let's stop. You, let's, you that, when when I called you when I when I said that those are those are 
those are the types of tropes that get people in uh, that that would have folks say what I said. Let me stop you for a second. Who are you, or who is who am I, to question where this whoever is moving into that neighborhood got the money to buy that property? Have you asked anybody else? where they've gotten the money to buy that property? I don't think so. And when it comes, look, there's an interesting, look, I'm a black guy, but one of the things I'm also is Latino, right? So I cross, and and Caribbean, I cross cross a whole lot of uh, ethnicities, if you will. Now that said, right, there there is a a false uh, friction between the Latino and black community in Houston by design. And the, the the way you are expressing what oh, you've yeah. said, the way you were, exp- <laughs> go ahead, say what you want to say, then I'll finish. No, I, I just find that rather comical. It's by design. Yeah, it is by design. Of course it is by design. All right. Because the truth of, look, whenever I, I, I asked if you had something to say, I wanted you to say your piece so I could say my piece. We do civil communication and you have been doing a good job of that thus far. So say what you need to say real quickly. Okay, you're questioning where people get their money from, but yet all the time you're saying corporations are stealing our money. Because they are, yeah. and I, I, I can tell you where they're getting their money from because uh, we have that. No, when I say that, you know, again, when you're going to make a comparison, my brother, make a, a valid comparison. When I say corporations are taking the money, I have the the, the data to back it up. When I said inflation was caused by corporations, I could show how their profit and loss statement proved the point. Okay, there I could look at the amount of money, their their raw material costs. I could look at what their part, the increase in profit margin, and what the price of the products were that they've sold. I could tell you, yes, they're stealing the American money's blind. You, uh, you subjectively said. Where are those people getting the monies to buy those $8 a square foot, whatever it is that they're buying? And I'm saying, who are you, my brother, to ask that? You're going to buy an $800,000 property and park a bunch of dump trucks on it? Because that's, that's what the you, black man... Well, look, again, here's the thing about it, right? It, I, again, we always assign blame to the wrong place. If that person bought the property and put the dump trucks on there, and if you really want a solution to that problem, go to City Hall and start to institute what's known as zoning. That's not the problem of the person who is following the law. It's the problem of the people who created a no zoning environment, basically so that certain Certain things appear in communities that nobody cares about. Okay, so what I'm saying, Brian, is Brian, I I made you talk. Can you let me finish? May I finish, Brian? Yeah, go ahead. Brian, you are barking up the wrong tree. In other words, if if this guy buys land where he can put his dump trucks and all of that in one place. And he can get it at an affordable price. That's what he did. If we don't want that in the environment, we go to City Hall and we make sure as a as a collective that that doesn't happen. But, you know, you go ahead and ask many people if they want zoning in their areas and they'll say, well, Houston is a non-zoning city. And I kind of like that I can have this business right next to my house and all of that. Does that necessarily 
give some sort of a good looking community? Not necessarily. Right. That's why they have other methods that they use. So I only got two minutes. So give me a closing comment. That I, yeah, I want to have this. this wait, wait. I want to have this discussion when we have more time and you call earlier. Go ahead and make a, a quick closer. No, you have other callers. Thanks. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Have a good one, Brian. All right. Um, look, um, I think it's important. You know, I mean. We always turn our neck to look at somebody generally in our maybe same we 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 are always ready to tear down the little person all of us you know i don't care what race you are or whatever how did was he able to do that how was she able to do that whenever we do that we give the people who are actually pilfering us a pass we are giving the people who are pilfering us a pass. I don't have much more time to get into this because it's 56 and I got to pass it to brother Howard and brother Jack. So guys, take it. Well, I was just interested. Maybe we'll turn it over to the vast and unpaid research department about who's putting on those anti-Semitism commercials. Uh, oh, I know who it is. Whatever you want. APAC. Who is it? APAC. I mean, they oh, are, okay. are, are some subsidiary of APAC. I mean, that's what they do. You know, I mean, I, I, Look, I, I, I need to go on a slight tangent here. I started to see commercials on TV just a few days ago with nurse practitioners and all these people saying how great their nurse practitioners are. They love their nurse practitioner. Their nurse practitioner healed them. I love the nurse practitioners myself. But the idea was to get uh, it was a corporate decision to say we don't want to pay doctors. So we're going to fill up all these emergency places now with nurse practitioners. It's a matter of mind control. But look, I'm out of time. So uh, tell me, give me a closer, Jack and, and Howard. All right. Well, have a good day. Media speaketh with fork with corporate tongue. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway. Anyway, folks, love you, callers, love you, listeners. Thank you very much for being here. I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.